This NFC North win totals and preview edition of the Sports Gambling Podcast is presented by MyBookie.ag. Sports are back, and MyBookie is now offering a 100% deposit bonus when you use the promo code SGP. That's MyBookie.ag promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you by the leaders in daily fantasy, DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app and use the promo code SGP to play free with your first deposit today. Compete for millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs this week. That's promo code SGP to get a shot at millions of dollars in prizes all week long, only at DraftKings. We're also brought to you by BetQL. Want to get an advantage over the sportsbook with NBA, NHL, and MLB back in action? You need to download BetQL, the only app you'll need to make smart bets this season. Head to betql.co and enter code SGP20 for 20% off your first subscription. That's betql.co, promo code SGP20. Finally, we're brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay per head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Hey, everybody, Jim McMahon here, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride. Welcome everyone to the sports gambling podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green with my partner in picks, Ryan, real money. Kramer. What's happening? Kramer. You, you really hate it when other people shake the table. You're fired up. It's okay to shake the table when we're talking football. I got paper in front of me. You do. You, you I got a, you're I, always very proud of your paper notes. Kyle, Ryan. I mean, look, I'm a guy who likes the environment except for before football season. Yes. I like to write down. I still make so cheat sheets for the super bowl that are handwritten. I do that. March too. madness handwritten. Yeah. We're old guys now, Sean. That's the way it works. Well, you do it, old guy stuff. I haven't. All right. I told myself this is, this is a 2020 goal. I'm not. I'm not doing some virtual. And what's that say, Sean? <laughs> Football 2020. This is there where I'll. You go. This is. I'll at, at the end of the season. I'll <laughs> sign this and I'll. Uh, we'll give it out as a prize. But this is my 2020 gambling manifesto. I'm putting all these notes down so I can reference them later. I know if I put them in the damn robot computer machine, mm. I'm never gonna go back to them. Very unlike you, Ryan. Normally, you're you're encouraging everyone to put their stuff in digitally, organizing digitally. A rare, uh, rare sticking to pen and paper. I, you know, I think I'm just I'm gonna dial back the clock. You know, I, I think we need to go back to a simpler time, Sean. Simpler time before we had all these sweet division previews. Before we had Monday Night Madden. Monday Night Madden. That's gonna be exciting. We just uh, debuted Monday Night Madden. We're gonna be doing Madden Sims every Monday night until the season starts, and then we'll we'll adjust the time, but still do one sim of the Monday Night game before the actual Monday Night game, and you can check that out. Five o'clock Pacific, seven o'clock Pacific for the late games. Monday night Madden. We of course got our new soccer podcast feed. Oh, 
our new Hello. NBA gambling podcast feed. Just Google those and uh, you know plug it in the Champions Apple League going on right now. Uh, so the, you, you know definitely want to tune in, subscribe to the Soccer Gambling Podcast for the Champions League final preview that's going to be coming out later this week with Billy Bahate. NBA. I mean, well, of course you're going. You got to tune in. You, I'm sure. I don't know this to be a fact, but I'm sure Zach and Ryan. Fat, what's his what's his Rich name? Fat Rich baby. Fat Baby McKee. I'm sure they told you to bet the magic on the money line <laughs> against the Bucks. Oh, everyone, everyone was pounding that uh that magic money line. Wow, what a crazy Which, you know, again, as you mentioned, Sean, new feed, NBA gambling podcast. A lot of people coming back for football season are probably wondering, where's all my NBA content? <laughs> well, yeah, that's where you can find it's a it. whole separate feed. Just put in NBA gambling podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. Great podcast, golf, golf guru. Uh, they're dabbling a little podcasting with the great, the legendary, probably the oldest fan of the podcast, Boston Capper and uh, Steve Shermer doing a golf gambling podcast. We got that going too. Just so much free content. <laughs> How much? How much? How much does that cost? Completely free, oh Ryan. God. And it, as if that wasn't enough. Besides all the free content we're giving you, we're also giving you a chance for a free deposit bonus over at mybookie.ag, the presenting sponsor of the podcast. You head over to mybookie.ag, use that promo code SGP for a hundred percent deposit bonus. They got it all: NBA, in-game wagering. I know I took advantage of that the other nights. Got the Clippers at a sweet price Cut-ching. when they were down big against the Mavs. Thank you, refs, for tossing Hello. KP. Hello. NFL win totals, NFL prop bets, of course, all our Madden Sims. You can only bet over at mybookie.ag, but tons and tons of, I mean, really, regular season wins, player props, all the win totals you'll be hearing, all that you can grab over at mybookie.ag. Yes, sir. And again, plenty of NBA, NHL, MLB going off all the time, plenty of double headers, our boy Will Mer- Mormon giving out the free baseball picks. But mybookie.ag, where all you got to do is play, win, and then you get paid. Get paid. Kramer, it's that time of year, too. Besides football being back, it also means the free roll football contest will be coming back. And hello. When we discuss the Bears, mm. which uh, coming up, we will be joined by Reed. He's uh, the, the founder. Rothschild? No, not Rothschild. No. And uh, Reed, of course, uh, because that guy. guy's got a massive cock. <laughs> I wonder if this Reed cock. has a massive. Cock. We'll have to ask him. We'll have to ask him. He <laughs> he is a Bears fan, so of course I'm sure we will be hearing the long cocks drop while discussing uh, Big Dick Nick and uh, and Nick Foles and whether or not he's going to take over, when he's going to take over for for, for uh, poor Mitchell. But uh, that's coming up, so stay tuned for that. We're going to start off with the Vikings. But before we get to the Vikings and our special guest for that part of the podcast, quick shout out to DraftKings. You know, the regular season is fun when it comes to the NBA, but man, playoffs, a whole nother deal. As I've been finding out, Sixers, tough break, but uh, Embiid, pretty nice <laughs> DraftKings performance. My boy, uh, Freddie Van Vliet, putting yeah. up 60 uh, DK points. Holla. No better place to start making it rain than over at DraftKings. Use that promo code SGP. Get a free chance to win millions of dollars in prizes throughout the week. Just got to download that DraftKings app, enter the promo code SGP, and man, 
Playoff uh, NBA DFS super fun. You know what else is super fun, Ryan? I've been cranking them out left and right. These no, no, you these DraftKings best ball yeah, lineups are. I, I'm hooked. Sean, what did I tell you? He Last said, season, I was like, bro, you gotta like join the revolution. It's fun. Well, it wasn't addictive. on DraftKings. I, I know. Yet, Ryan. But now that it's here, and now I was waiting for DraftKings crack because, cocaine. as you know, I won two hundred thousand dollars in DraftKings, <laughs> and I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> you still got a balance, huh? Yes. Download the DraftKings app and use the promo code SGP to play free with your first deposit today. Compete for millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs this week. It's promo code SGP to get a shot at millions of dollars in prizes all week long, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Joining us on the line, comedian and host of uh, Sports Center on Snapchat. You know him from that. Cy Amundsen. Cy, how's it going, man? Hey fellas, it's fun to uh fun to be on the show. I uh I I am a I have a severe gambling problem and uh you guys are you guys are one of my lifeblood during the NFL season. So now I can I can help lead people astray. Well, well you are amongst uh friends here. This is a safe place. Uh we also uh, I mean at this point I think Sean and I are north of a couple dozen bets on the NFL NFL season already. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I know it, it's uh, perfect timing to bring you on. Talk Minnesota Vikings. I know you're a big, uh, big Vikings guy. You're even, you're even School. doing some, you're School. even doing some work for the Vikings. What was the, uh, what was Minnesota's take, uh, and the, just the Vikings take in general on last season? I mean, kind of a big step up, got into the playoffs, but really, that win in New Orleans that was pretty big, I think, for the Vikings and for Kirk Cousins' legacy. We always like to kind of bust. Cousins chops on the program, but uh, what do what do you? How do you kind of recap last year? Well, first I have to tell you that I started working for the Vikings, so it's been really interesting to be close. And I'm, but I'm also a psychopath fan, <laughs> so I don't. I just like roam the halls of the facility, and everybody there is used to that shit, and I'm just a lunatic all the time. And it's also meant that you know when you work for an NFL team, especially in content you're not supposed to gamble on the league anymore. So last year was like the first year starting second half of the season where I didn't gamble and it was really weird. So I just, I just kind of watched the team as a team for the first time in, I don't know, fucking 20 years. <laughs> and uh, I, I think you guys hit it on the head. I, it, it was a really weird year because the defense was kind of, you knew they were nearing a change. You had a lot of veterans like Xavier Rhodes and Everson Griffin guys who were, were like cornerstone pieces, like the exact sort of pieces that make a Mike Zimmer defense work. You and, and Limbaugh Joseph too, you know, these, those three guys were kind of at their end. And so you, you, you had like one last hurrah available. And so I think there was a lot of hope that maybe things would fall together, but it was a pretty tough schedule. You know, they were, they were playing a pretty tough schedule uh, and, and it, it just didn't come together on offense like they wanted it to. And, you know, I, I am a Kirk cousins fan. I, I think you have to be as a, as a Vikings fan, but the criticism that everybody levies out is something I've always felt, you know, I've always said he's got this money. Now he's got this contract. He's the sort of guy who we're going to get a fucking answer. You know, these last couple of years, like th there'll be no debate about Kirk Cousins after his tenure with the Vikings is done. It'll be some pretty concrete shit. And my hope is 
that even though now we've transitioned to a young defense and we're relying on a lot of youth and an experience on that side, I'm really hoping that because when he threw that touchdown to Kyle Rudolph against the saints, when he won that game and, and more importantly than that, when he delivered that dagger to Thielen on the play before, Oh man, that was, was a hell of a ball. Of, it was an incredible ball. And it was kind of like the exact shit people said he couldn't do. And, and so I, I think a lot of people here and, you know, fans probably within the organization are hoping that that is a jumping off point. And, and I, I don't know what the answer is. I, I like to believe maybe that'll, that'll help him with some confidence and, and he won't press in the same weird ways that he has before in crucial moments. Uh, I guess only the season will tell, but I, I think if you're going to really rely on uh, the Vikings in terms of what, what you're doing, you have to believe that that moment will roll Kirk cousins forward because the truth is they've now built everything around him, right? They, 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 they Stefanski leaves and they put uh, Gary Kubiak there, Gary Kubiak, who is the master of the play action. I mean, he's probably the only coach who gave Joe Flacco a good season as an offensive coordinator. Yeah. Everything I mean, that, that should, built. that should get him into the hall of fame. You know, that season alone, <laughs> Yeah, that's, as it goes in just on his bust, it doesn't even say his name. It just says Joe Flacco stats for that one season. No, I mean, but, bringing I mean in, but you're right. I mean, bringing in Kubiak, that kind of is the way to go. It, it seems like now I don't, I'm sure you're following it closer, but it seems like they'll probably run a similar uh, system to Stefanski, where it's not a lot of spread you out, you know, three receiver set. It's a lot of get the running game going, get the play action going, give Kirk some throws. I mean, it's that a are lot, in his wheelhouse. I, I would imagine it will be very similar to what he ran early in his career in Washington. That was a very Shanahanian. Yeah, is that, the, is that a word? Offense with with uh, McVeigh over there. But yeah, I mean, as a fan, yeah. as someone who rooted for Eli Manning for many years, I understand the position you're put in. <laughs> you have to root for this guy because if you if you're if you join the 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 ship of haters, which I, I know Vikings fans for the most part, Midwestern, they just it's very soccer momish, right? Like very happy for the team, always want to be supportive. But <laughs> Kirk Cousins has put y'all in a situation where you're now stuck between a rock and a hard place. Because while on one hand, I love this guy. I love that. He's bet on himself repeatedly. I love that. He has shown moxie in situations. He, he just hasn't done it yet. And could, could this be a, a, a breaking off point uh, potentially? Uh, but the concern I think is shipping digs out of town. I think you were maybe getting to this, but that it sends a really strong message. Kirk Cousins is the guy. Well, we believe Zimmer can rebuild the defense. I think I'm 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 as a distant fan, I do too. But to me, like Diggs yeah. Diggs mattered to that offense. And I feel like it's the, there's a, yeah. a little bit of pressure here now on Kirk Cousins because he clearly facilitated that. Yeah, I mean, first of all, uh to to respond to your soccer mom thing, uh, <laughs> there are so many fucking hicks in this state that when their football team doesn't win, you do not want to wind up near them at a gas station. So you, you know, I know you guys are Eagle fans where you know you're like, well, let's beat the quarterback to death. But it's not all love here no matter what. There there's some psychos but, in, in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, but what I will say is I, I, dude, I think you're exactly right. I think, I think the one thing 
also before I get to Diggs that people don't realize about Gary Kubiak is because they, they always link him to the running game. And this guy was like six out of 12 years. His passing offense was top 10 in the league as an offensive coordinator in, in uh, yards, seven out of 12 in touchdowns. He loves the run, but exactly like you said, it's, it's Shanahanian. He, he uses it to set everything up and to further on the dig thing. You're right. All everything we're talking about here. And I love Stefan Diggs. I was actually really nervous that they were going to trade him. And when they did, I originally hated it, but the return was just so good. It was, it was just so much shit that you, you, especially after, um, Deandre Hopkins went for a fucking yeah. uh, sack of broccoli. <laughs> yeah, you know? I mean, you'd so, much rather what got what you guys got than oh, like David Johnson. I mean, it, it was and what David they needed. Yeah. It was exactly what they needed with the cap hell that they're in and with the, the complete turnover exactly. of the defense. So it made a lot of sense. It, but, but I I do think it it kind of it, it pushes it pushes Cousins to be like, all right, you got what you wanted. Let's go now. I don't, I don't think it even pushes him. I think he's pushed. I I don't know how there after this year, there will be a discussion. Even there will either be a yes or a no, a correct or an incorrect, a good or a bad. I mean, he, they have built a play action offense around him. He's got the sort of weapons he likes. They're, they're going to do the things that he, he enjoys as a quarterback and that helps him thrive. He doesn't have any adversarial. Everybody is supporting him. That locker room is really, really strong, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And to your other point, this is a very young defense with young, you know, young defensive backs, young guys filling space on the defensive line. So Kirk needs to be that guy. He finally got over the hump in the playoffs last year. It's either going to be yes or no. We're either going to look if a season happens. We're either going to fuck look back at this shit and go, that was a great year. Kirk did it, or we won't. I, I, I will say the one hindrance in that is we've had offensive line ups and downs here for a long time, and uh, but but we got some young guys, and th- that's the one thing where it could go a little a little off the rails if the offensive line isn't able to progress a little bit. Like we're all hoping they will with these young guys, then, then there might be a little wiggle room there. But if, if the offensive line comes to play, it's either going to be yes or no after this year on, on how he performs. I think it'll be a yes, but. And Sean, the last time the Vikings had a positive DVOA on offense, back-to-back years, 2003, 2004. So they, they are up against, they're up against history. Well, yeah, because they're coming off that positive year, and you mentioned kind of alluding the the whole COVID situation. It'll be interesting to see the no fans in the stands, or at least limited fans. It looks like some places are going to have some fans. Minnesota's in a dome. Got to let the Viking guy in, right? Yeah, just let that guy in with his giant <laughs> horn, and and just him alone doing the skull champ. But it'll be interesting because Minnesota had a great, you know, they've always had a great home record, especially yeah. under Zimmer. I mean, since I got a stat here, since 2016, 24 and nine straight up, but also 21 nine and three against the spread, 70 percent at home, which is. I mean, uh, you know, you wonder as a better, especially will that will the limited fans, whatever, will that take away? I still think there's the, the awe field. factor of that stadium. Like, th- it's the number one stadium that I want to go check out. It just looks so cool. I do wonder if there's still a little bit of an impact there for the visiting player, thinking they're in a spaceship or something. It do- it does look like a well, spaceship just landed in Minneapolis. 
It, dude, it is an incredible building. It is. And when you're down on the field, like just, just feel like you just, you just feel almost like you're playing football in the future. I know that's corny, but it is just, it is just a bizarre, incredible building. I, you know, this, this market is really weird because they love sports here, but the Vikings are so laughably head and shoulders above every other organization. Most fans in this state would rather talk about preseason football than playoff baseball. It's fucking crazy. And so I think that's, there's just this intensity in that, in that stadium. And I I don't know. I, I don't know what it's going to look like without fans. I don't know if, you know, I, I can see it having a major effect because it's a really difficult place to play. And also just as a side note, that fuck that Viking dude, the mascot who rips in on his motorcycle, he yeah. looks like COVID. Like that guy just <laughs> literally, you can't let that dude on the field. He's like, he looks like a cartoon version of COVID. Well, yeah. And instead of uh, pillaging like innocent villagers, he's pillaging your immune system by destroying it. Uh, well, do, are, weren't the Vikings one of the teams that I thought came out and said that they were very look very invested in the idea of having some fans in the stadium this year? I, I don't know. I, I haven't I haven't kept track of that. I mean, it would be great to see some of those fans, but even I think it's really like full capacity, packed house. I, even as an Eagles fan, when we played there last year, you're just kind of dreading going into that because they they can't hear the count. I and forgot when you were off in Minnesota playing for the Philadelphia. No, Eagles, well, you so. know what I mean. It's you, <laughs> running out in that stadium. It is it is kind of intimidating. And then the other side uh, of that is true. I, I was kind of shocked to to see this uh, nugget I came across. Since 2016, the Vikings outdoors against a winning team mm. are o fifteen and one oh, straight no. up and against the spread, which is surprising because Zimmer's a good coach. But yeah, outdoors against winning teams. I mean, again, on the road against a winning team, but you throw that outdoor angle, and uh, yeah, I mean that's something maybe to look at as, as we get through, uh, you know, picking some of these games. You yeah, know I mean, they've they've long. St- oh, go ahead, dude. No, I was just gonna throw out you know just piling on things to look at in the schedule. Only a couple uh, prime time games, I think, or maybe two that qualify as actual prime time. So that's good considering Cousins' track <laughs> record in the big game. Are, are, are Vikings fans buying into the Kirk Cousins uh, doesn't do well in prime time? Do they kind of criticize him for that, or is that just something outsiders uh, bust his chops for? Uh, you know, I. Shit like that is, uh, I think there's some reality in it. It's the smoke, there's fire. I, this, the fan base is pretty split down the middle on him. I think when that stuff gets rolling, it's a lot of jerk offery. You know, Booger <laughs> McFarlane riding around on a fucking cart on the sideline uh. and shit, throwing some stat. Like, the truth is, when you really break, you guys know this, when you really break down quarterbacks' records in like difficult situations, none of them are, are great and are generally, you know? And, and so I think it deserves to be criticized and, and, but certainly not to the extent that it is. And I, I think that's what the fan base is at. It's half this fan base is like, we get it, but he just won a playoff game that he shouldn't let's fucking just ride yeah. with it. And everybody else is, is worrying, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, as it's far the, as like, it's the syndrome of, it could be way, way worse guys. Yeah. Everyone relax. Like Kirk cousins is pretty, pretty dang good. You could end up with Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> 
Well, and and let me give you this pitch here. I don't like, I'm not trying to be a homer, but there is a world where it clicks, man. There is a world where he has an offense. Like if you can actually protect him and he has these weapons, Kirk is the sort of dude where I remember there was this game against the green Bay Packers two seasons ago when he first came to the team and there was none of that negative bullshit energy that existed with the Redskins or excuse me, with the Washington football team. Yeah, there you go. And (laughs) Thank you. And, uh, he, uh, you know, we were down by the, down to the Packers at half by like a pretty ridiculous amount. And then he just came out and said, fuck it. And just started slinging and made like three of the best throws I saw all season. And then he just kind of, for a couple games, he built and he kind of steamrolled. And I think that's the sort of guy he is. So if, if you're looking at the Vikings and they win week one against the Packers, cause that is an intense game to start the season. But if he goes out and he throws up 380 and three or four touchdowns in the opener and beats Green Bay, and then they do it again week two, he's the sort of dude who could steamroll, and all of a sudden they could be outplaying the spread all year long. You know who he kind of reminds me of? And you say it all clicks. And I was trying to think of like a reference point, kind of maybe similar to Matt Ryan, where Matt Ryan, kind of just like a good quarterback, a solid quarterback. No one was ever like, this is the guy, but he's a guy that you pay because he's good enough and you don't want to get rid of him. And then he just added almost out of nowhere, he has that MVP season. Maybe there is a world where it you're right. Like it kind of all clicks for Kirk. He has certainly the talent and certainly a bunch of weapons around him. I mean, losing digs, I, I think will hurt them a little bit. The defense, you nailed it. It's the, you have to pay these guys. Tier. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. And uh, the defense, you mentioned a lot of the guys they lost. Oh man. I mean, it is just, yeah. A lot I, of good players, a lot of starters, a lot of good I players. Gotta t- there. I got to tell you guys though, like th- this might not be the year this might not be a Super Bowl year for the Minnesota Vikings. You know, I'm, I'm a fan. So I'm going to walk around and tell people that like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm an idiot all year. That's just what I do. I actually believe that. But for Mike Zimmer's entire run with the team, it's always been this dominant defense with these veteran studs and an offense that was trying to play catch up. And now that shit's flipped. And I actually think that's ideal for the team. Everybody's looking at that. Like it's a problem. Mike Zimmer is the best cornerbacks coach of probably the last two or three decades. So you have two stud safeties. Anthony Harris is the most underrated football player in the league. You have two absolute stud players at safety, and you can now take these young cornerbacks and let the best teacher in the game grow them. You kind of have what they had in Seattle when they had those, those stud safeties. And all of a sudden they grew these young cornerbacks and here comes Richard Sherman. And, and you're pretty incredible, pretty quick on not a lot of money. And they have this incredible defensive line coach as well. Who's now their co-defensive coordinator. He got bumped up this year. So I think an ideal situation for the Vikings is younger, cheaper talent on defense that get coached up and grown because that's Zimmer's whole MO and money on the offensive side. So people might have their expectations in the wrong place because of that shit, because I loved Xavier Rose and I loved Everson Griffin and I loved Linval Joseph but especially Xavier and Linval, those guys were cornerstones of what made that a top five defense. They weren't that last year. They just weren't that anymore. So I I think it might be kind of underrated to be in that situation. Yeah. And maybe this ends up being a transition year or maybe 
Maybe they're a team that you look to like, you know, start betting well, on Sean, in, the, in have, the second half. They have Harry the Hitman back oh, there. Yeah. You for you we can't forget him. <laughs> Wait, oh dude, he dominated in the Madden Sims. Just uh, <laughs> one force fumble, fumble after another. It's insane. And I mean, I'll I'll speak for Kramer. We're huge Zimmer fans on the podcast. I loved I love seeing his uh setup for the draft. <laughs> it's just like him. Yeah. And then they're just like three deer heads on the mantle. Just the opposite of what, whatever those millennial <laughs> Sean McVay and, and yeah, freaking- really. he's like sneaking off doing some dip. And then Sean McVay is like, <laughs> you know, letting a Rose uncork on his full patio. <laughs> Or whatever you call it, yeah, but yeah. he got—he literally had to finish the draft so he could film a cameo for fucking Yellowstone. <laughs> it was, and every every Minnesotan is so like rurally proud. Oh yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there were guys that just edged up to the moment that they saw him and like, that's the stuff. That's the stuff. Look at his fireplace. Uh, he does—he does seem like the perfect coach he, he for leaned, the Vikings. He, he, yeah. He's the best. All right, he cool. is the best, and let me. I was going to say, let me give you one other thing too, that the COVID season is going to be weird, man. The thing that exists in Minnesota that doesn't exist anywhere else in that division is a long standing consistency. You know, you've got a GM and this head coach who've been there for like seven years now, but it's not just them. It's every aspect of their staff. You know, a lot of these assistant coaches, Patterson and Kubiak's been there a few years. That it's such a well-run organization, top to bottom, and it's gone without much change for a while. And I think the teams like that that don't have a lot of a lot of change and a lot of upheaval, I that's where if I still gambled, guys, yeah, that is that is that <laughs> is where I would be paying attention. Only. And Sean, uh, eleven. Last five years, eleven wins, eight wins, thirteen wins, eight wins, ten wins. Talk about consistency. No, they haven't won less than eight eight games. No, years, I, so. there's a and especially when he was talking about his ability to coach guys up and maybe uh, even almost benefiting from a younger core. It kind of reminded me shades of Pete Carroll and his consistency oh. uh, out there in the NFC yeah. West. Zimmer greater than Carroll for uh, for coaches in, in my book. Well, and also Zimmer doesn't I believe agree. that nine uh, eleven was an inside job like Pete Carroll. So another <laughs> yeah, nod yeah, I was gonna say in he's Zimmer's favor. Truther, yeah. <laughs> All right, should we walk? Zimmer's this a very rational guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think Pete Carroll has any antlers in his, no, his office. No, probably right. just a lot of books, a lot of white papers. <laughs> All right, let's walk through the schedule. Vikings, they open as you stated with the Packers at home at Indy week two, week three, Tennessee at home and week four at Houston. Uh, Not, not too much to be alarmed uh, with there other than a a couple non-conference road games. I don't know how I feel about that stacked up so early in the season. I mean, they play the whole division of the AFC South here. This is a a weird segment. I like it a lot because everything hinges on that first game, man, because that's such a tone setter. But if, if you can beat the Packers, I would rather get Phillip rivers early in the season, you know, and uh, you, you pop those first two up the top. You might be four and oh, and like you said, have some uncomfortable road games out of the way. Yeah, I'll go. Uh, I'll go three and one. I'll go three and one. I, I am a little nervous about this young defense with the limited training camp and and not a ton of reps. Corners tend to take a little bit more time to develop. We we gen even the some yeah. of the better corners will have kind of oh, rough tough, rookie tough early first years. Half, yeah. It helps to have that that safety kind of the guys behind them are definitely going to help and just 
the overall coaching of Zimmer, but that would be my concern and why I'm going to be a little less uh, bullish than you guys. I'm going to say two and two because I do think they open the I'm, season with a win. I'm going to say I'm going to say three and one, and I'll, in fairness, because I've been a bit of a homer here, Zimmer's <laughs> cornerback style is a really difficult style to learn. Xavier Rhodes is with the Colts now. And he was like, it's way easier here, man, because it's just very difficult to learn. And on the D line there without Michael Pierce, because of the COVID opt out. So I I should point those things out. So yeah, I'll go, I'm gonna go three and one to start if they can get that Packer game. Next up, Sean, they have a Sunday night football. I don't know. If, I don't think this can be flexed. Sunday night football like at Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll You're like, already trying to help Kirk out. I, I don't think we can flex. Maybe this they out. can flex this guy out. Uh, then they get Atlanta at home, a bye at Green Bay, Detroit at home. I got to be honest. My early takeaways to this schedule is it. It just seems tough. It seems like this is going to be a tough schedule. I, I've not seen that like easy bye week yet, Sean. I'm gonna I'm just gonna sit kind of in neutral here. And while I think Detroit will be better this year, I think they they win that game too. Let's say two and two again. Yeah, two and two makes sense. I think that Seattle game is going to be super tough, and then oh. and then prime time maybe split loss. maybe <laughs> split the division games there. Uh, I, yeah, I'm I'm down on the Falcons this year. We'll we'll get to them later in the preview series, but. Sigh, interesting block here, early-ish bye week, but then you're playing the Packers off yeah. the bye. That's that's gotta help a little bit. What do you got him going there? You know, A, I don't I'm not as scared of the Seahawks early as you guys are. I would way rather play the Seahawks week five that's than true. week thirteen like we have. Yeah, the they last are a second half seasons. team. Yeah, absolutely. And I I'm gonna sound like a psychopath here. I'm t- if the defensive line consistently puts pressure on teams at the start of the season, if they are getting two quarterbacks, no shit, this could be a seven and one. And if they're not, it's a four and four. Uh, so I'm going to be, I'm going to be a psycho and I'm going to put it at seven and one. I think they, if they, if they, I think they're going to get that Seattle game, Seattle, they have played, they have let multiple prime times, Monday night football, Seattle games, Slip right through the fucking grips of their fingers the last couple of years, and I think they got that one circled. And like you said, Seattle's not ready early. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna put it at I'm gonna put it at seven and one. I like the. I'm confidence. gonna fall apart in the second half of the season, <laughs> but I'm gonna put it at seven and one. Sean, next four at Chicago on Monday Night Football. Dallas at home, Carolina at home, Jacksonville at home. This is the easy stretch of the schedule. Hard, hard for me to see them. I mean, they're they're winning the Jacksonville game. They're winning the Carolina game. Fuck the Cowboys. So you know, Agreed. Zimmer knows how to do something with McCartney or McCarthy. And then you know, Trubisky, Foles, the Bears. I don't know. We'll, we'll train wreck potential here. I'm tempted to go four. I'm going to say three and one. Yeah, I'll I'll go three and one. I like the uh, spot there for them. Three primetime games in a or I mean, sorry, three home games in a row. And of course, you got that one uh, one primetime game. But again, in Chicago, that's going to be a tough spot, yeah. uh, regardless. Division game Monday night. That's you know that's always going to be a difficult spot. But three and one makes sense. So, uh, yeah. What do you got? What do you got for this Here, four game block side? Here's a big secret for your listeners. It doesn't matter what the Vikings record is and what the Bears record is. They struggle in Chicago always ever since. I mean, I can't remember even when Favre was there, 
they had that amazing year and shit the bed in Chicago. Even if they win, it's always by below the spread. Uh, I think that's a terrible, uh, terribly difficult game. I actually hate the Dallas game with Everson Griffin down there. And oh, I, yeah. fuck, I hate, I fuck, I hate Teddy Bridgewater coming oh, back no. to the dome. Oh, I didn't think about it. I hate all that shit. And I, you know, to even out my homerism, I'm going to go one and three through that stretch. You oh, know what? Okay. I'm going to amend it two and two. There's also the potential of uh, just Minshew coming to town and just laying waste <laughs> to all the ladies. And all just... right. Well, Cy, Cy convinced me that I was a little high. Knock me down oh, to wow. two and two. Okay. Right? okay. This, this is good. We're having a good group therapy session here at Tampa later in the season. So not as hot. That's good. Chicago at home at, well, I'm sorry, at new Orleans. Friday game, Sean. This really? Is a Friday, Christmas day. Christmas day game. So not Christmas, prime time. Yep. And then at Detroit, interesting game to and could that be a game for a playoff spot, Sean? Well, certainly with uh seven playoff spots, you think if the Vikings are kind of in the mix, uh yeah, that could that could be well, something. That's a that's a tough close of the season here. Um boy. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go one and three. Wow. All right, I'm uh I'm going to say they they finished strong. I know this is a tough part of the schedule, but give me three and one. I don't know. I don't no, know how know. they do wow, it. You just want to be high on this. Nah, team, I, I, I understand. They you feel like, get... they feel like a 10 and 16. Okay. So si, what do you, what do you got them going here? last four. Um, I'm going to go two and two. I think uh, I, I, we all are, I think concerned about the bucks. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend like we're going to be Tom Brady and Gronk just because they're in fucking Tampa Bay. And you know, they, we have this long, weird history with the new Orleans saints. And as much as, you know, we look forward to playing them. I think we're always circled for the there. We are always circled for them as well. So I'm gonna go two and two. I think they get both those division games and, um, and, and finish that two and two. So you guys are are both. If I'm doing the math right, you're both at ten and six, Sean. The the Vikings, of course, went ten and six last year. The win total was nine last year. It's nine this year. One fifteen both ways, uh, plus one sixty five to win the division, plus fourteen hundred, fourteen to one to win the conference, and twenty eight to one to win the Super Bowl. Over at my bookie, uh, yeah, I, Sean, I, I have them going seven and nine. Maybe I should have held strong with that three and one over the the third quarter of the season, but I, I I'm actually okay with this projection because I, I I do think as we were going through the schedule, I was like, boy, we're we're uh, putting a lot of faith that this defense is going to be ready to go right away, and that was a yeah. I think it's a big reason why if this team has a year, it's because Zimmer's a god and he got this defense flipped around real quick. Yeah, and I guess that's what I'm leaning on is is Zimmer's ability to kind of rally him. I mean, similar, you know, in March Madness where we always like the good coaches on that short turnaround, the limited uh practice schedule or what you know, like the the coach who won on Thursday yeah. and then plays again on Saturday, you want to lean to the good coaches. And I think maybe this year out of all the years coaching's really going to make a difference. So for that reason, I'm kind of leaning to Zimmer, but yeah, division at plus 165 conference Fourteen hundred. I, I don't know. None of those are really talking to me. The playoff odds, via odds shark, um, to make the playoffs is minus one thirty five. To miss the playoffs is plus one hundred five. So, so I'm. I mean, I, I that makes me feel good about my projection. 
because 10 wins you're in now, like 10 wins, a lock with seven yeah. playoff teams now. So I think if you get to 10, you're in well. And, and I think instead of the, cause the win totals at nine, I would rather take make playoffs at minus one thirty five than the over nine at minus one fifteen. Cause I think they there's a ton of scenarios where they get nine wins and get into the playoffs. I, I'm with you there, and, and I would I guess I would go a step further. I probably should make this projection not eight and eight. Obviously they haven't gone under five hundred in in some time, but I'm gonna stick to seven and nine. I'm gonna say that's this division little bit of depression here. I, I think they're still gonna be in the mix. I mean, but, this this division should be pretty competitive. And, and, and for the win total, I, I would I'm say I'm taking the under because I I I, I fancy them to to not be a double digit win team this year. So I it, I'm playing that angle, Sean. They got to get ten to beat me. So Cy, you're you're over on the win total, but what about division, conference, theoretically, Super Bowl? He would be hypothetically. hypothetically. If you were to hypothetically wager on this, oh, in, any sort of leans in theory, yes, yeah, you don't want to lose hypothetical units. You know, it's interesting because I hadn't walked through the schedule like this yet. And I knew it was an insanely hard schedule. Uh, I I think everything's going to that first four games will tell you everything you need to know. You guys are, if if they come out and that defense isn't ready to go by week two, just fucking slate them for six (laughs) or seven wins. I just think that's absolute reality, but I, I don't hate 165 for the division and mainly because I watched this division all year last year. The Vikings got a lot of tough breaks. They got a lot of, you know, they got a lot of bad plays at inopportune times. They had a number of games that if we really believe Kirk is going to step up, that he should have won those games. Uh, and I think there were two or three games last year where we had the ball end of the game, had a chance to put it away, couldn't get it done. So if you believe Kirk stepped forward and then you also the fuck the Packers, man, Yeah, that team had 11 horseshoes up their big Wisconsin ass last year. And <laughs> they got every call. It, it, it's, it's the, everything comes back to the, to the middle, right? There's no way the Packers schedule is going to be as easy as it was last year. There's no way they're going to get all the calls and benefits they got last year. I think their bounces come back this way and ours go, go more towards them. So I, I would have put the Vikings at even money with the Packers to win the division. And um, as much as I love this team and would like to see them in the Super Bowl, uh, there's no fucking way I would put any money on them uh, winning the conference. That's I've, here, If being a fan of this team for all this time has told me anything, it is very simply don't think they're going to go to the Super Bowl, or you'll wind up as an adult man crying at the yep. end of January. Yep. Blair will. Blair Walsh will fuck it up for you. All Blair right. Walsh, fucking Gary Anderson. Who gives a shit? It's all the same. Well, Cy, appreciate you calling in. Uh, where can people check you out? Uh, you know, uh, I'm on Twitter at Cy Amundsen. I do some sports stuff there. We uh, we have a sports podcast, but I'll be honest, guys, it's kind of dog shit. So. Uh, <laughs> I have uh, you, uh, one of my good friends, Chad Daniels, and I have a comedy podcast. Uh, he's probably one of the best, if not the best, working comedians in America, and we just talk shit about our lives. So instead of stealing your fans to my dumb show, if they want some comedy, uh, it's called Middle of Somewhere. It's just us talking about our lives. Awesome. Nice. Make sure you check that out, Cy. Si. Appreciate the time. School. Hey, you guys. I love the show. I'll talk to you soon. BetQL, baby. 
NBA, NHL, MLB, all back in action. Said it before, I'm going to say it again. You need to download BetQL, the only app you'll need to make smart bets this season. They got a best bets algorithm, scans thousands of data points, gives you a best bet recommendation for every game, and gives you the reasoning behind why you should take their best bets. I mean, uh, Kramer, we're doing some best uh, BetQL bet of the week videos. Those are going to be coming out on social. Stay tuned for those. But yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're playing MLB NBA daily, you gotta, or if you just like looking at us, exactly. Cause we're pretty good looking, very cool to check out us and uh, make sure you download that at BetQL. And if you want to get their premium stuff, we got a 20% off code. All you gotta do is betql.co enter code SGP 20, 20% off your first subscription, head to the app store or Google play store, download BetQL. Joining us on the line, co-founder of Bet Spurts and a diehard Bears fan, Reed. Bears. Rooney. Reed, what's happening, man? And not too much. I thought I was on the wrong podcast when you guys just said how good looking you were. And oh wow! I, I, I apologize. It's not that I don't remember that so much. But Cra- no, Kramer, you know, so I, I understand the subjectivity of my good looks. <laughs> Kramer, no, Kramer, thanks. Kramer doesn't know why people download the podcast. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, but thanks for having me on guys. I appreciate it. It's been, uh, it's been a while, but uh, happy to be back. And you're right. The bear season right around the corner. I bet you, I bet you the next, however many minutes we don't talk about bears quarterbacks at well, all. Well, <laughs> and, and the last time we were, we were, we were starting a football season. We were watching the bears and Packers Yes, we, that yeah, was yeah. with Reed in beautiful Las Vegas before things went to shit. Yes. That Matt was Maggie. Matt oh. Nagy called 31 passes in a row when we uh, we only had three points. Yeah, that's let's bring uh, that up. That's that's wonderful memories. We did, we did cover the spread with the Packers pick, but that was a uh, not to rub it in, but that was a that was an ugly game and an ugly start yeah. to the 2019 season. What was it? 10-3 opening game. I remember. Yeah, I remember feeling yeah. dirty. That was uh, yeah. that was kind of rough, but uh, we brought you on to talk Bears, but also got some uh, breaking news. That's right, the 2020 free roll football contest is back. Oh yes, completely free to enter. That's oh, why it's called no. the free roll football contest. Again, you're gonna be making your picks it. through the BetSperts app. Very easy Ooh. to do, but we're gonna make it a little different this year. This year, because we love <laughs> the subscribers so much, because they do so much for us. Subscribers only, so you have oh, to be. Wow! Wait, wait, but how much does it cost? You told me it was free. It's free. How it is much free, does it right? cost to subscribe? Subscribing to our podcast is also free, but oh. we want to make sure a subscriber wins. So you go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com/slash/contest, sportsgamblingpodcast.com/slash/contest. Fill out a little form, and then you'll get the information on how to enter the contest. If we get enough entries, the prize pool goes up to five thousand mm. dollars. 60% goes to first, 25% second, 15% to third, and then fourth through eight. Uh, gets an item from the SGP merch page. So, again, do your part in spreading the word about the contest so we can get this prize pool up because we don't get a, If we only get a, if we get under a thousand, the prize pool is only 2,500. But That's I'm confident. I think last we year we can get up to 5,000. Yeah, come on. Uh, dollar prize pool and 1,500 entries. Again, slash contest for the free roll 
football contest. Sean, when we get on the Sims to do our Monday night Madden, they're oh, going to they're they're eat this. They're going to love bet spurts. They're, they're going to be like, Hey, bet spurts. We need Madden data in here. <laughs> we, we need the Madden spreads in here. Yes, we are. We have been, I think Ryan and I uh, have been doing a pretty good job handicapping these <laughs> sim games. Uh, so maybe we will become a uh, bet spurts of the sim world, but uh, people maybe new to the podcast, just give us kind of the elevator pitch of bet spurts uh, and why people should download regardless of whether or not they're entering the contest, but they're going to enter the contest. <laughs> yeah. So it is also free to download, uh, but it is right now the largest social media platform in all of North America dedicated to sports gambling. So you track your picks, um, a very granular level of reporting. So it gets all the way down to the team level, conference level sports, bet type of, of your successes and failures with our, our mock sports book. And uh, the, the biggest part of the entire platform is everyone's profile is transparent. The data is uneditable. So finally you have a place where you can track yourself or you can tr- see what other people are doing. And uh, there's no way they can fudge the numbers. There's, there's no way to, to change kind of previous picks or anything like that. So uh, people's records are their records and, and we stand behind that data. So uh, Ve- Vegas, it, Dave will probably not be signing up at Betsperts. <laughs> Uh, Vegas Dave's business would be squashed pretty quickly <laughs> if he was on Betsperts, and and that's kind of the goal uh, to create kind of a network where you can follow other people. You you get automatic notifications when they post or when they pick. If you follow them, create your own network. Find maybe uh, for me, for an example, uh, last year I was four and thirteen with White Sox bets, and I'm a huge White Sox fan. <laughs> so this year I'm starting to follow uh, AL Central betters and. And people who are a little bit uh, a little bit less invested than I am with the success of one team. So uh, I've already had some more success this year following uh, my own kind of website and platform of uh, of what we're supposed to be doing. So I, I like, I like it, that you went back and watched the game tape on yourself. Yeah. Self scouting. I like that, Reed. No, it really is. It, I mean, besides being able to kind of find niche people who really have a have a good handle on, say, like you know. Um, but whatever, like Mac football when they're playing it, or just like kind of some random smaller markets. But it's also it is good. It's a good look in the mirror of like, man, I don't know shit about <laughs> Thursday night football. Why do I keep betting? Well, on you know it? what I I just learned because I'm looking at my profile and I love data. So obviously this place get the betsperts, the app, especially the profile gets me a little chubbed up. Pack twelve, I'm ten and two, including a seven uh, game winning streak. So I'm I'm extra hot there. They got graphs, and most importantly, Sean, you can see how many followers. Which I forgot mm. about this. We had a competition last year. I'm up to 116 followers. I don't know about Sean. I, T. I, Green. I'm I'm logging into my profile. I, now. I don't think you're at 116 like Big Dog over here. So, <laughs> uh, I you know I will say, Reed, the interface is looking nice. It's looking real Thank nice, you. and. Uh, Honestly, like I kind of we 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 rolled we rolled our contest on this last year, and I started using it. And it, it objectively, if you enjoy uh, keeping track of stuff, but don't actually want to put the energy into keeping track of it, yeah, no, it's, highly it's recommend good time. it. And the contest, it's easy to do. Again, just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com/slash/contest. Uh, you send in your little screenshot showing your subscriber because it's subscribers it. subscribers only. We don't want these. <laughs> you know, these random bots or weirdos who aren't 
part of DJ only nation to uh, be involved in the prize pool, send that in. Then you'll get a link to the uh, bet spurts group or password, whatever it ends up being. So sports gambling podcast.com slash contest. But now Reed, we're here to talk about the bears mm. coming off a eight and eight season. And it, it just felt didn't, like didn't feel eight and eight. It felt about <laughs> three and thirteen. Well, I think it was the Bears were like a team that just lined up for a, a ton of regression last year because yeah. of all the kind of crazy turnovers they had the year before, and kind of everything clicked, everything went right. Yeah. Ton of turnover luck, classic plexiglass. And situation. then, and then, you know, you got Mitchell, you got some some other issues, and, and things kind of sum up the Bears in like one sentence <laughs> for the listeners. Last year, uh, last year, I think the best way to sum it up is as Bears fans, at least, we are blinded by the double doink is the only weakness. Uh, we, they did we spend forgot. way too much time trying to figure out a kicker. It felt like that was yeah. like we're gonna get this right. We're gonna. Yeah. They had that competition where if you can hit a thirty-seven yard field uh, goal or whatever it was. Yeah. 43, 43. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we missed, uh, we missed Vic Angio a lot more than we anticipated, I think on the defensive end uh, and, and depth got tested a little bit, but uh, it really all stems from Matt Nagy and his play calling on, on offense and, and what Mitch and Mitchell or Mitch can and can couldn't do last year. So uh, for us, I think it was a transition year and this is a make it or break it year for not only the offense, but the coaching staff and the general manager on down. So uh, I'd say this year it's make it or break it. Last year was a bit of a transition regression. I think that was a good way to put it. Yeah. And, and I mean, a lot of interesting stuff. We'll get to Foles and Trubisky in Can a little I, bit, but yeah, I, I brought some light reading sure. because I, you know, I, I you, obviously I like to remind anyone who will listen about how the bears uh, traded up to get their guy <laughs> over Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson. Uh, I do feel horrible because I, I have a soft spot in my heart for the bears, but as I was reading the Chicago Bears chapter in the Football Outsider, they just absolutely captured everything about Mitchell Trubisky with this quote. It's when you start forcing him to make decisions on his own that <laughs> things start to go south. And it's like starting quarterback in the in the NFL, Sean, when he was coming out, I was screaming as loud as I could. This guy was dog shit at UNC. He wasn't going to be good. <laughs> And I, when the Bears drafted it, it felt like, oh, th- this makes a lot of sense. Bears fans have been tortured, right? Jay Cutler is like the bright spot, and that's the, that's not necessarily a spot you want to be in. And and but now we come into a situation where everyone is putting all this energy behind Nick Foles. And the more I dove into this team, like the narrative to me became, well, I, I don't know if Nick Foles is the guy they should be clamoring for. And so I say all of that to say, Reed. As a guy who I'm sure is very optimistic going into this season, do you want Foles or do you want Trubisky? Personally, I I would like to see Mitchell for the start of the year. I think uh, he's still a young guy. I don't think he's ever going to be top of the NFL. I do think with the right weapons on offense and the right system, he can be a serviceable serviceable quarterback. And once he gets confidence, you saw it in that playoff game. You've seen it. On his better games, he, he he plays well as the game continues to go on. He just he can't make his progressions as it's well noted at this point. Uh, but I I don't understand, and maybe it's just me personally. I don't understand all the love for Nick Foles in his career. I get that he won a Super Bowl, but he's never really been healthy. He's never been that great of a quarterback. Um, he's a very serviceable and a very good person or a good guy to have. 
right now, but uh, I'd like to see Mitch because I think there's there's more upside with a potential quick hook if it's not uh, if it's not working out. Well, also giant cock. I forgot that. <laughs> forgot that important yeah. attribute. Nick, Nick, Nick does bring that to the table. And uh, I, I don't know if there's, if I was Mitch Trubisky, I would start circulating rumors that I actually had a bigger <laughs> dick than Nick Foles. And maybe that would be enough yeah. to turn the locker room in the city of Chicago uh, towards him. Uh, they they misheard him. Mitchell's actually his dick's name because it's longer. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I love Foles. Uh, what he did for the Eagles was amazing, but yeah. he certainly is a guy who's hot and cold. However, I, I do think the system the Bears run. And maybe getting back to the read options and that Matt Nagy uh, offense, which is similar to some of the stuff that Doug P likes to run, and that they switched to when when uh, Foles was in there. I, I think some of that stuff could work well for him and getting Allen Robinson involved. I think for Mitchell, where what really happened in 2018 to 2019, he wasn't as what the kids say, Mitch Vick. No. We talk about him in the Madden Sims and his ability to run, and he he runs all over the place in Madden. 2018, he had. Uh, Man, can, we've continued the streak of referencing a simulation between <laughs> computers on Madden in a real preview of football. I, I think there's something there, though. But in 2018, he had 68 rush attempts for 421 yards. In 2019, he only had 48 attempts for 193 yards. And what happens is these quarterbacks, they're like, okay, I don't want to be a rushing quarterback. Yeah. I don't want to be stereotyped as a rushing quarterback. But God damn it, when you run, you get first downs, you keep the chains moving. Like those, the 200 and whatever yard difference, like that adds up over the season. A lot of them are on third downs or, or to, to get a key first down. And Tr- Mitchell needs to help himself by running the ball. I think that's huge. Trubisky has, has beaten Foles in DVOA every season. Well, Foles is Throw not a DVOA there. guy. He's a guy, if you look at like Pro Football Focus, he's had some of their highest graded games and some of their lowest graded games. Cause when he's hot, yeah. I mean, like basically if you look at like his 2013 season and his postseason run with the Eagles, he was just yeah, hyper even, hot. Yeah, even even some of 2018 uh going into that. So like he has moments where he can he can really get hot. And I think that's what people are, are buying into. So I think you're right. I think the move is, and again, I was pounding the table. This was like months ago to say, bet Mitchell Trubisky will be the starter yeah. week one because they're going to, I mean, that's clearly the move. Like, Nick is a guy, like, once you go big Nick, you don't go back. That's right. And I, I think it just makes sense to, like, you know, give Mitchell another bit of time to try and figure it out. So, so I got, I got three things to that one. When you say you will go big, big Nick, you don't go back. Uh, the Jaguars <laughs> didn't believe that last year. That's so also let's, true. let's not forget and the that Eagles actually oh, did as well. So say, yeah, it just sounds cool. <laughs> a, a rookie beat out Nick when he got hurt. Second thing uh, on the running side of it, if you remember, I can't remember if it was the Packers game or the game after very early in season last year, Mitchell got tackled awkwardly on his shoulder and was out for a game or two. And uh, then I think he got a little gun shy running after. And I, I think that kind of caused some issues on play calling as well as decision-making. Um, and then that, that hurt him on some of the runs. Third thing is, and you're not going to find a Chicago bears fan that is lower on Matt Nagy than I am as an offensive play caller. I, I, I don't think he sets him up for a lot of opportunities for that running and for that decision-making. So um, I, I think there needs to be that. And if Mitchell is going to be the starter, that's going to be a huge part of the game plan this year or should be uh, because 
he's better at it than most. And, and I think it opens up some more lanes. I mean, what one last Mitchell thing. And then there's a, there's a lot of actual other stuff to talk about. When I heard that line about him getting upset that they had a bears talk radio on the TV or the, the lot inside the locker room. And he would like ask them to turn it off that that's just, you got to have a thick skin as a quarterback and like admitting that it bothered you say what you will about Eli Manning. <laughs> he certainly had a thick skin. I mean, everyone mocked that guy continuously and he acted two times Super Bowl he, MVP. he acted like it didn't affect him at all. Even if it does affect you, you can't let people know that it affects you. So that would be my advice to Mitchell is instead of asking people to turn it off, just be a badass yeah. and turn the TV off yourself. Yeah. What I, I got to yeah. ask as a, just a random sidebar here, what the <laughs> hell, what the hell are the bears doing with tight ends? I love, <laughs> I love tight ends, but they, they bring in Jamie Graham who got, I, I mean, I didn't really understand the signing. You know, he's coming up chapter in the football outsiders is basically just sh- a, a, a memoir shitting on Pace's ability to manage the cap. Yeah. Why, why bring in Jimmy Graham at like a, not a good price. He wasn't doing much in green Bay. Uh, at one point they had nine tight ends on their roster. In so a vacuum, it's like, why bring in Jimmy Graham? And then especially why did you bring in Jimmy Graham when you go and draft a tight Co- end? Cole Komet, who I, I like, I'm high on. And then they have seven other tight ends <laughs> fighting for like the third and fourth tight end spot. I get it. I love tight ends, former tight end. Love me some tight ends. So many drops in but, here. But what's going on with the tight ends in Chicago? <laughs> Are you gen- are you gentlemen by a computer? I am not currently. Um, but if you are, I would appreciate if you would able uh, be able to look up uh, how many yards the leading tight end of the Bears had last year in receiving yards. <laughs> I, I I believe it's an uh, almost unfathomable of a stat. I don't believe the Bears had a tight end with over 100 yards receiving on oh, the season last that's year. Wow, I'm I'm pulling it so up right Jimmy- now. So Jimmy Graham, he was expensive, bad contract, hasn't done that much, but may, maybe Komet wasn't there. The draft is a ways out. They couldn't go without getting an, a tight end at this point, right? Yeah. The, 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 the nothing had worked, and we had some injuries, and uh, after the what was it the the Philly special or whatever the the play in the Super Bowl was with Burden, we thought that was going to be our guy, and just, it didn't work. Uh, he got hurt and just didn't come back, but we, we literally did not have a tight end on the roster last year. So the numbers, the numbers don't bother me because somebody <laughs> has to play there and it wasn't going to be the guys from last year. So Stay the contract for the contract for Graham is, is just obscenely bad, but he couldn't miss out on another, another season without a tight end, yeah. six tight ends. No one went north of 91 yards. JP Holtz, the leader of that pack, seven for 91. That's a that's a good game, not a good season. But you're right. If if I'm not mistaken, he was a he was an offensive lineman a year and a half ago, like a a bum bum offensive lineman. So yeah, I mean, it's great that it's great that we had six tight ends that caught a pass maybe last year. You're saying, but no one over 91 yards the entire season. And that doesn't get talked about very often. No, that's a great. I mean, that's a great point, and I'm glad you brought that up because I was. J- I, and so maybe their thing is in the same way that Eagles just kind of went all out on speed uh, for the offensive side of the ball this year. Bears are like, we don't have a tight end. We're gonna have a tight end this year. Come hell or high water, we're gonna have a fucking tight end. But because re- that is key, and if Nick ends up being in the offense, he loves tossing it to the tight end, and I, I think you have a good tight end that really helps. <laughs> 
the uh, <laughs> the, is, you are immature, Ryan. Sean is trying to achieve a record for the, the amount of times you said the word tight end. But uh, so I, I maybe I know I'm glad you threw that out there because that that shines a little light on it. But you know, talking about that regression when we're for the uh, 2018 to 2019 season. Yes. Yeah. 2019, a zero turnover margin for the bears. Now, a lot of times that ends up regressing back to the positive side. And it wasn't like they were, uh, you know, Mitch wasn't throwing a ton of interceptions. It was more just like the, the bears defense wasn't getting lucky with fumble recovery, stuff like that. And uh, they just weren't forcing a ton of, 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 uh, Turnovers in general, and usually that evens out a little bit. I do like what they're doing on the defense, bringing in Robert Quinn, uh, like Roquan Smith, if he can stay healthy, and uh, of course Khalil Mack is a beast. What What are your thoughts on the defensive side of the ball? Well, first of all, if we're focusing on on the words that Sean's saying, I don't think regression toward the positive is, is accurate. <laughs> I think it would be progression, right? There you go. Uh, See, I yeah. always argue with Ryan on this. You would but be, you're correct. you would be regret if you're regressing back towards the mean. Yes. You would be experiencing progression <laughs> or positive <laughs> regression. Um, either way though, I, the defense. So this is the one thing that I don't think pace gets enough credit for. So I I'm a moderate pace fan. I he messed up the quarterback decision, but I was glad that he, he tra- traded up to get the guy that he thought was the hero, right? You trade your entire draft. If you get a Watson or a Mahomes, but unfortunately we took the wrong guy. Um, so I, I didn't mind that uh, just the wrong pick, but the, the defense, he came in and the bears defense had nothing. It was, it was just bleak and, and bad. And he's put together what for this year's so the last this year in the last two years going to be one of, if not the best defenses in football for that stretch. Um, and I'm really, really excited about the Quinn signing because uh, you looked at Floyd Leonard Floyd last year and just a giant disappointment, another first round pick him, Kevin white and everyone, the bears pick in the first round is miserable. But uh, the, the fact that we're, we're bringing in Quinn and, and uh, we're getting Akeem Hicks back healthy, which but is, I think is a massive. huge part that's, that's not talked about the, the one tough part we're going to experience this year is trusting a uh, rookie cornerback on the other side of fuller. Uh, the, the draft pick is out of Utah, Utah state this year. Um, Jalen Johnson, as well as uh, Eddie Goldman, he opted out due to COVID reasons. So we're going to have a couple question marks, a couple gaps, but every team is going to at this point. But I, I love, just absolutely love the front seven and, and fuller and, uh, Eddie Jackson. And uh, just, I, I think they're, if they're healthy, that is what's going to carry the bears. And that's why Mitch or Nick doesn't have to do all that much. And Sean, you, you know, I love my man fuller on the outside. And the, the question really becomes is the, the drop off in defense. Is that explainable through the, the, the drop off between Fangio and Pagano, or is this just standard regression? We know, or standard variance. We know defense tends to be a little bit more variant than offense. And and this team can very easily with the acquisitions and especially the Quinn sign. I think with the return of Hicks and having Quinn, Jalen Johnson, he projects to be a good cornerback in this system, physical guy. Yeah. And, and I think if 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 they can kind of prove that that was just a year to year variance thing, they drop back a little bit. The pass rush gets back because of Hicks, because of Quinn. Uh, of course, they still have Khalil Mack. They take that step forward and maybe 
you know, it becomes a little bit more explainable as to why the offense kind of fell down real hard. I think to me, other than, you know, I, I was going to call out Hicks as being a real story as to why I think the defense will come back that with a complimentary pass rusher, this defense is going to be really good. Um, yeah. I believe in that. Yeah. I, even though Pagano is kind of a, a an ass hat, I, I do believe this defense <laughs> is going to be really good. I, I would say for me, just to quickly flip it around, um, the area where I have questions is, you know, the offensive line. Cause I think either guy sure. you need, you need the offensive line. And Sean, I wanted to ask you because Juan Castillo, that's a former defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> I, I did make a note of that where <laughs> that was kind of the beginning of the end yeah. of the Reed era in Philadelphia when he transitioned uh, Juan Castillo from offensive line coach to Ch- defensive Kelly, coordinator right? mid season. Right? No, that was, oh, that, that was, was Andy, Andy Reed. Reed. That was at the end of Andy Reed. Anyway. So I think, you know, to, to me, like, I think the defense will take that step forward, assuming Pagano doesn't screw it up. I think for the offense, it, you know, quarterbacks aside, can the offensive line do anything? Because I believe they were ranked 28th and 29th over the last couple of years in uh, in adjusted line yards, which is not a good number, not good for the running game. It's why Montgomery looked like a pile of shit last year. And, and I think to me, like that's more of the narrative than it is how well the quarterback's playing because the quarterback will play as well as the line and the running game allows them to. Yeah. You know, when you when you mention the run, when you mention the running game, I mean the, there has to be at some point a commitment to it. I, I understand that the uh, new era metrics in football and and Matt Nagy trying to trying to do some high powered stuff. Uh, but, but the passing game, when you just sit back and, and that's all you do all game, every game, it's, it's really tough for one, the offensive line to pass block every, every freaking play, but it's also, it's also tough to get anything going on the, the occasional couple of runs. Right. So at some point you do have to give Montgomery kind of the green light to, to c- help control a game. And Nagy continuously gets away from that. And uh, I, I think he got a lot of pressure last year and kept talking about how he's going to commit to the run game. I hope we actually see it this year uh, because I think Montgomery, Montgomery can do some stuff on his own, but he's going to need that offensive line help. Um, but uh, at some point you got to, you got to commit to it and actually give it a, a real shot. And I think, you know, you look at his numbers, he's a guy that could be could very well be one of those guys that you draft a little bit later in fantasy. Sean has the opportunity, you know, the couple things fall the right way and his 242 carries for 889 yards, averaging 3.7 yards a carry and scoring six touchdowns last year can very easily turn into 1200 yards, you know, 1200 yards, 10 touchdowns. And that's a pretty good season. So I would say if I'm a bears fan, that's the area where I'm God, I'm, I'm really hopeful for. And and the fact that, you know, you pointed out some reasons why they might bounce back and the schedule gets easier. They did have a tougher schedule in their division last year. I think, I think the way you're framing it, if you're optimistic about the bears, this season is defense gets back to a high level, creates a bunch of turnovers. They carry that front seven carries the kind of younger inexperienced uh, rookie cornerback you have there. And Fuller's pretty solid. And then on the other end, Mitch, or if it ends up becoming Nick becomes like a better Rex Grossman. So, I mean, we've seen (laughs) that we've seen that bears offense when it's working. I mean, they have Allen Robinson who I like in fantasy this year, who I think is a legit, uh, I mean, a legit fantasy option. And um, even Anthony Miller, I think could be a deep play, like around seven round eight fantasy grab. Maybe I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of high ish on this bears team. And one last little note here. You know, we talk about home field advantage, how much will it matter, how much it won't. One thing the Bears always have going at home, especially later on in the season, is the cold weather. And I think that will help them out. The Bears are 20 and 7 
and 19, seven and one against the spread at home from week 10 onward versus dome or warm weather teams since 2005, including five and zero oh in the last two ha- years. So yeah. they get a couple of those still, in still the in schedule. And uh, I think that'll help help them. Tremendously. Should we walk through that schedule, Sean? Let's do it. All right. First four at Detroit. Giant my Giants at home. At Atlanta. The Colts come into town week four. Oh man. So we're three and one. Three and we're oh three I, and I, I love right I tremendous confidence by Reed. I'll go yeah. I'll go three and one as well. Again, I'm kind of down on the Falcons. Colts outdoors. It's still early. I mean, Giants book that one. Uh, Detroit maybe a little frisky early, but again, I, I'm just still anti Patricia. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna say two and, and two, and so is apparently the majority of the team. <laughs> <laughs> two and two is two and two is probably fair realistically because Stafford uh, hasn't been hit yet, and he's, yeah. he'll be healthy, healthy Stafford. which which is unfortunate. But uh, I we're two and two or three and one. That's at that point. It, I don't love the Colts matchup. I, I do like the, uh, the first three though, if, if we can pull off from the Lions. All right, next four, Sean. Short week, Tampa Bay at home. Loss. <laughs> at Carolina, at Rams on Monday night, and then New Orleans at home week eight. Is that late enough? Will there be some weather, Sean? What are you thinking for this stretch? This is interesting because uh, I was also reading Warren Sharp at a great trend of West Coast teams hosting, uh, you know, non West Coast teams on Monday night and Ooh. how what a what a huge advantage that is, or just in prime time in general for them. So I think that Rams spot will be tricky for the Bears, and then the Bucks at home. I mean, Panthers on the road. Everyone's down the Panthers. I'm a little higher on them. Saints, Saints outdoor at home in Soldier Field. I actually think they have a much better shot against the Saints. Yeah, Drew Drew Brees later on in the season. So that being said, I think a couple of these games could be tough. I'll go two and two. I'm with you two and two. I think they win the home games and I think they, they drop a shocker in Carolina. Oh, me. I don't like that one so much. Uh, I will tell you my favorite part of that schedule is the uh, Rams game because we, we get to go see what should be a really, really good football team and think, Oh, thank God. We don't have a quarterback with that contract with that skill. level. So <laughs> at least our quarterback's option wasn't picked up and didn't give an extension. So that's, uh, that's, that's, some that's silver one lining. Like we don't have Deshaun, we don't have Mahomes, but at least we didn't give Goff a contract. That's, that's my thought process. That's what the Bears that's are fucking, hanging their That's on. fucking lemonade right there, bro. I like that. So is that two and two, Reed? Are you are you going three and one? Uh, I don't have any confidence in ever beating the Saints. Uh, unfortunately, we've just been burned so many times. Um, I think back to the playoff game uh, was it ten years ago at this point that just destroyed us. Um, so I would say a loss to the the Rams. Uh, lost to the Bucks, a win versus Carolina, and who was the fourth? A win versus. Uh, oh, all right. It? Yeah, two and two, I think. So I'm going to say right now five and three. I like it. Next four, Sean at Tennessee, Minnesota on Monday night, a later bye week, week eleven, and then at Packers, Lions at home. We're getting into the meat of the schedule here. T- tough non-conference spot there, sandwiched between a Saints and Vikings. Right before spot. a. Uh, Feels feels like a serious loss potential. Uh, I'm gonna again. I'm I'm riding right down the middle. I'm going two and two again. Yeah, I mean, I I really like them at Being home against the Vikings. Here. Like them at home against the Lions, but that Titan spot's gonna be tough. And in Green Bay Monday night, coming off the bye though, that'll though, be tough. Uh, you never know. 
They haven't played Green Bay tight. They just haven't closed. Yeah, the door. I'll go two and two. Reed? Yeah, I like the two and two spot. I don't know if we're gonna lose the Green Bay or the Lions. We'll lose to one of them. Uh, I don't like I don't like the Tennessee spot there. Um so that that's my perspective. I, I don't mind I don't mind the first Vikings matchup uh, uh so much, but in Minnesota I don't I don't love that matchup later in the season. Last four, Sean. Houston at home at Minnesota at Jacksonville, random late season game there. And then green Bay at home. Uh, that's probably going to be a meaningful game. Mm. I mean, th- I think, I think there's, this is like a weird, this could be all over the place, but I'm, I'm just going to do it again. I'm going to be a giant pussy and say two and two. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, you know what? I'll say three and one bears uh. bears. Maybe get a little bit. Well, you know what? Two and two. Cause I got, I got, I had Minnesota going 10 and six and I don't think two teams, I, I'll have to go Packers nine and, or sorry. Uh, bears nine and seven. They go All two right. and two there. Reed. I think I have them. I think I have them at seven and five right now. I think that's right. Uh, they lose to Houston and Matt mm-hmm. Nagy shows that he's the worst coach in NFL <laughs> uh, getting out coached by Bill O'Brien. Oh no. Um, <laughs> they, uh, they lose in Minnesota, but they win against the Jags and the Packers. So two I, I think two. I have a, uh, I think that's a nine and seven record for me. I think nine and seven, Sean, you and mm. you and Reed nine and seven. I am right at eight and eight, right at the number last year. They went eight, and eight total was nine and a half. This year's total eight plus one Oh five on the over minus one thirty five on the under division plus three seventy five. conference, 18 to one super bowl, 40 to one. And Sean, I gotta be honest with you. I, you're going to see a trend here, but I, I'm thinking that this division uh, as a whole is depressed, which makes me think the bears don't have to poke their head up very high to have an opportunity to take the division down, which mm. makes me wonder, do you maybe buy a little piece of this division? That was a, that was my thought. Even though I only have them going nine and seven, I just, the quarterback situation Foles has never played 16 games. Trubisky I think maybe, you know, you have this situation where you start the guy with the higher ceiling, but then you're ending up with the guy with the higher floor. Maybe Foles shows out. I, to me, you know, I know you're not going to let me pass. Are you? No. What, what, so you have them at eight and eight. What are you going over or under? What is the make the playoff prop? Make the playoffs is plus one sixty to make the playoffs and minus two fifteen to miss the playoffs. That's that's the the that's the way you bet it. If they could very well, I would not be shocked at all if down the stretch we're talking about the Bears as a team that gets into the playoffs. You're right. I'll take the make playoffs when they beat the Jags. Make playoffs at plus one sixty and yeah. So far, I have both teams going eight and eight, and this is crazy. Yeah. So my my question on, on the eight and eight is they were eight and eight last year. Their quarterback play is not going to be as bad as it was last year because a couple things they, they got a better backup just in case there's an injury or a switch. Uh, so Mitchell doesn't have to play the entire year if he's that bad. The coaching situation hopefully is is better. Uh, the defense has some more depth and Hicks hopefully coming back. Uh, so do you see the offensive line might be the issue, but do you see this team? as not being better than the team last year. Here's my concern. My concern is that what happened with Nagy and his way, his uh, ability to, I mean, this is a guy who rose very quickly through the coaching ranks and we didn't necessarily have a ton of game tape on the guy. And much like we see with quarterbacks in the national football league, once we got game tape, the offense kind of fell apart. And I know it might not be the only reason the offense fell apart, but it, it's, it's real enough for me to, 
not be bullish on the over. I think if you if you focus in just on the team and the the idea of this team is a uh, this was circled by me in red regression indicators all over the place, positive ones and an easier schedule. So yeah, I, while I agree with you, I wouldn't advise people to take the under, which has that minus one thirty five juice, like gun to my head. If Sean makes me play every, every, every single one, yes, I would probably take the over before I took the under. Um, but well, yeah, what are you taking I, to make the playoffs <laughs> to make the playoffs? Okay. But over under eight wins. It's a push, but I'll take the over. <laughs> All right, but, uh, simply because I think I think this is one of these years where uh, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna want to play the unders for the higher numbers and the uh, overs for the lower numbers. So. All right, Reed. Any uh, so three seventy five the division, eighteen hundred for the conference, four thousand for the Super Bowl. Any any uh, any future plays you're recommending to your clients? Yeah, I mean, uh, you got you got Mitchell for MVP, right? I, no, I'm kidding. That's not even on the board. I don't think anymore. Oh, um, I, I, hope I would. <laughs> I do like the. I do like the to make the playoffs. I think it, only a couple things throughout the season need to go right for this team to be nine and seven or, or ten and six. Um, I, I don't see with that defense unless there's a ton of injuries or COVID opt-outs in the season or something crazy happens, which is 2020. So likely, um, I, I don't see this as a six or seven win team. Uh, I think the low end is is probably maybe maybe seven, but the low end is probably that eight number. And uh, I'm I'm an internal optimist, so so take that for what it's worth. But uh, good. I was just going to say Gardner, my bookie has Gardner Minshew at a hundred to one, Derek Carr, 80 to one, Joe Burrow, 80 to one, Ryan Tannehill, 70 to one, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, Drew Locke, 33 to one, Daniel Jones, 65 Ryan Tannehill, no 70 Trubisky. to one is crazy because he was in the AFC championship last year. Like I, I'm not, I wouldn't advise it, but at 70 to one, Jesus, there's some value. Uh, Khalil Mack. What is uh, what is Khalil Mack for defensive player of the year? Oh, I if Hicks stays he- if Hicks stays healthy and Quinn is is really as good as he was last year, I think that there's probably some value there because uh, I think he's underrated from his his year last year and all reports are as they all are at this time of the year every year but all reports are he's in the best shape of his life. Oh, I love blah, those blah, reports. Blah. Love <laughs> yeah. love the best shape of their life reports. Yep. Anyway, so, yeah, I would I would say yeah. Since you made me pick, I, I'm happy to say over with the Bears and make the playoffs because I, I told you I have a soft spot for them. Well, you know who's in the best shape of their lives? People who enter the free roll football contest oh. with Betsverts. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com/slash/contest. You'll be entering your picks every week for the NFL season against the spread uh, via the Betsverts app. But you go sportsgamblingpodcast.com/slash/contents/contest hashtag subscribers only. Areed, appreciate oh. you calling into the podcast. Where can people check you out? So we're uh, social on on Twitter at Betsperts and and uh, myself is at uh, Reed Rooney. But uh, I, I would love for people just to download the app. It's free. It's a, it's a large social network, and I think you'll get a lot of gambling insights and connections throughout it. Uh, but I would really, really recommend whether it's new gamblers or experienced gamblers to really start to track their picks, learn from yourself and learn from, uh, from other people you respect and, and can start to trust. So, uh, I do thank you for having me on. I thank you for talking bears and getting excited as 
Uh, my Blackhawks are probably getting eliminated. Uh, so <laughs> on to the next Chicago disaster. Uh, but other than that, I, I just always enjoy talking to you guys and look forward to uh, getting back on pre Super Bowl week to talk about Mitch. Well, we'll definitely have you home when the Bears are in the Super Bowl raid. Shoot or shoot, bro. Shoot or shoot. <laughs> you got four months to come up, or five months to come up with a better nickname than Big Dick Nick for Mitchell. <laughs> so. All right. Uh, Thanks as always, Reed. Have a good one, man. Uh, you too, guys. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Giving a shout out to Ace Per Head. That's right. Thinking about starting your own sports book, you should. And start it in the comfort and security of your own home. All you got to do is go to aceperhead.com slash SGP aceperhead.com slash SGP. They provide you with a professional betting website. All the lines updated to the second wagers graded immediately. They got top-notch customer support going 24 seven. Some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Stop trying to beat the bookie and just become a bookie over at aceperhead.com slash SGP top-notch customer support. They got it all over at Ace Aceperhead.com slash SGP. Use that link and get up to six weeks free. Just don't tell your clients about our podcast because yes, we'll, then they'll go bankrupt. We're gonna put you in a goddamn <laughs> lock. We want you to have a no. good uh, experience starting your own sports book. Ryan, the Detroit Lions. Speaking of a uh, sports book, yes, just. Gamble. Feel feel like you're gambling when you're talking uh, about betting on the Lions. Well, and if you were fading the Lions straight up in the Matt Ooh. Patricia era, certainly it's working out well. Certainly a good value. Matt Patricia, he is who he thought he was, right? <laughs> Nine twenty-two and one as a, a head fat coach. Slob. Another another guy just trying to bring that Belichick discipline. He, he all right. In uh, fairness, here you go. I'm it, I'm a Belichick disciple. I'm gonna tell. We're gonna be the Michigan Patriots. I, it just doesn't work out right. And we can save, we can save the prejudging of Joe judge Bella, for the Bella, NFC East podcast. Well, but, but when you come in like a tough guy as grown men, don't respond to that. You can pull that shit in college. Chip Kelly was able to pull it in college, but grown men don't respond to the, I think being tough a tough guy, guy mentality. being a tough guy is one thing. Uh, I think being, you know, holding players accountable, uh, <laughs> operating with the, the utmost transparency. That's a different thing. Now, I will say that diff- I know you know, I know you're trying to throw shade at the Giants right now, even though we're talking about the great city of Detroit and their football team, the Lions, very close to my heart, just like the Bears. But this is because of Barry Sanders, uh, big time Barry Sanders guy growing up, big time Calvin Johnson fan, Megatron. How, how can you hate the man? And the Lions just suck every year, and that's the bottom line. And you want to talk about Belichick assistance? Four out of twenty-two seasons of Belichick assistance have resulted in a DVOA greater than zero, and only two out of fourteen have had a positive defensive DVOA. So, or a, a negative defensive DVOA. Say, so what? What? What's, what does that mean? Well, uh, they suck. They can't. They can't emulate it because Belichick's not there. I think going after the toughness angle works in this regard. They clear. He clearly did something to the locker room last year with Diggs. And there was no need for them to have to trade him. They just extended him. Who, who are you talking about? The, when they traded Diggs to Seattle, the cornerback. Oh, okay. And 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 at the end of the day, that was that was not a necessary move. And, and if you're if you're backing, if you're looking to back this Detroit Lions team, you're circling you're circling the regression, right? You're circling the fact that they were three eight and one in close score games. But but if you listen to us, you you would probably be like, well, maybe that's explainable because Patricia's an idiot, right? 
And I think to me, the one area where you have to pump the brakes on the fade job is yes. They were a team that, uh, you know, expected wins and Pythag wins had, had them about six. So yeah, six and 10, still not a good team, but it's better than three, 12 and one. Uh, they had a tougher schedule than they have this year. So another regression thing, but for me, it's the fact that Stafford missed half the year and Sean, I'll ask you right now in front of me, you're an NFL guy. You're a football guy. Name me one of the quarterbacks that started for the Detroit lions last year. That wasn't Matt Stafford. That's how bad they were. They were bad. Jeff Driscoll. I do remember a Jeff guy Driscoll. named blow. Remember him? David yes. Blau, David blow B L O G H. Yes. These guys were the quarterback. So, I mean, in fairness to Patricia, and you can shit on the fact that he he just he he didn't really change his ways. He's really rigid. It doesn't seem he to be used working. The pencil on a laminated card, which clearly <laughs> doesn't work. Uh, he's a he's a real like dumb smart guy kind of feel. But Stafford was having the best eight game stretch of his career before he got hurt. He was they quietly had, the QB four in uh, fantasy points per game in his eight starts last year. QB four and, and and absolutely. And I think his 11.1 yards per target led the league and in, in, in depth of target. He was, he was a, a playing aggressive football. He, I, I think there was a lot of reasons to be stoked about this lions team. And yeah, they were, they, they still weren't great record wise at that point, but he's brought in a lot of people who now are, are more Patriot way guys. Right? So maybe that's the reason we're feeling optimistic on the lions this year. I feel I was optimistic on them last year when their win total was six and a half and yeah. that came crashing down did, but they were more of a, you know, they, they were an unlucky three, 12. <laughs> well, yeah. When team. you lose your quarterback, certainly that's a big part of it. But if so, you're a, if you're a, a competent franchise or even a competent Coach Tomlin is probably the the wow. the the great counter, right? Tomlin's a good coach. He had you know fucking Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph, probably comparable and at the quarterback defense. at the quarterback position. Well, yeah, because he coaches them up. Well, and he wasn't and he doesn't he doesn't get yeah. into it with players. He doesn't run Darius Slay out of town. Who, yeah, is he an All Pro? No, but like certainly, you don't think this Lions Listen. team is better by having Darius Slay there? Massive. Now you draft Akuda, which that's a decent pick, but to like. Expect him to have a huge impact year one as a cornerback. We'll see, but I'm skeptical. I think, you know, the reason you're optimistic if you're a Lions fan is they just have more guys in place that understand what the system needs to be. But they don't have a system. They're, I mean, I, I Bevel has a system. Matt Patricia doesn't have a system. And to your point, from they, a defensive perspective, his system seems to be to sit back in coverage. They they rush three rushers more than anyone last year, and they were somehow more effective rushing three. Than than blitzing, which which is not normal. So uh, I think he may have a system. I think that system maybe uh, you know he's getting a lot of leash because this is now year three. And to be fair, everything I'm saying they've been Ryan, shit. They've, are you they've are been you shit. 28th on, and D. Are you high on the Lions because uh, Matt Patricia is a Bill no, Belichick disciple, no. and you're convincing yourself that both him and Joe judge, their fates are somehow. Tied. I think if you combine, <laughs> I think if you can, but no, I'm not doing that at all. Cause I think they're completely different guys. One guy is hashtag all rise. And one guy's a fucking nerd who <laughs> likes to put a pencil behind his ear, but he does the same tough guy things of like yelling it's not at the, the players. Same 
see you're taking a, a headline how you're disrespecting the great art of journalism right now. Cause you were taking a headline and assuming a bunch yes. of stuff. I'm sure you didn't That's how you process. I'm news. sure you didn't watch uh, the interview with Joe judge. I'm sure you didn't watch any of the interviews with the players who said, yeah, I've been uh, on the Reddit. Yeah. We, we basically it's accountability. We're okay with that. It's a two way street. Man. All right. Not like Matt Patricia who's playing fucking Dungeons and dragons while he's putting together defensive game plans, not realizing the players he has on the team. All right. Now I'm not high on him for that reason. I'm high on him for the fact I'm high on the lions because I think Matt Stafford still has some game. And I, I, I generally think the rest of the division is in the process of shitting themselves. Right, we talked about the Vikings and how they completely overhauled the defense, and they still have Kirk Cousins. We talked about how the Bears, sure, there's reasons to be optimistic, but they still have Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles. There's not much there in terms of substance at the starting position. And then you look at the Green Bay Packers, who spent the offseason not shoring up their weaknesses, but drafting quarterbacks and running backs. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm 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 relatively high on the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> but not because Joe Judge and Patricia are connected. In offensive line, according to uh, establish the yeah. run ranking, they brought in Big V, who uh, I don't they know paid. If that's a positive. A, they gave him a huge contract. He was a he's fine as a swing tackle, but he's not a guy you want to throw a ton of money at. Um, and the thing with Stafford was they were super aggressive early on in the games. Right, they would throw the ball deep down the field, yeah, which is great. Deep on first half downs, a massive thirty point two on his attempts. Up from uh, up five and a half percent from 2018. However, However, that all went away in the second half, where they got hyper conservative, uh, running on first downs and early downs 60 percent of the time. Like they don't know how to really do the full aggressive play calling. So I'm out on the Lions. Um, I, I just but, don't but, see it. But don't you see? All right, so I, I see the narrative. I know a lot of fantasy no. guys are like Stafford was lighting them up, and then if you just bring Stafford back, I think they had a little bit of magic last year. But I think the team is so sour. Ryan, as much as my stomach gets soured when I up, upset my gird, that I think <laughs> is a comparison to the locker room. You can't win when you don't have the locker room, and Patricia just doesn't have the locker room. That's my gut handicapper coming in here. Can I there, can I throw something? Can I just throw a, a thought for you to like? Sure. Let rattle around your brain. What if? All right. So Stafford Stafford gets hurt. Yep. Stafford clearly a leader in the locker room. He's not there. Something clearly goes south on the defensive side of the ball, right? It perhaps it's just the fact that uh, they they took the opportunity to trade a team leader, a voted captain, which is like objectively stupid for yes. Patricia to do. Uh, and then from that point, obviously that's going to cause this spiral. You don't have your quarterback to, to to potentially bring some stability to at least one side of the ball. A lot of things that could have gone wrong went wrong. And while I agree with you, I think Matt Patricia is responsible for some of it. He's just gotten rid of people who didn't like that. And he's brought in more people that are aware of what that is because they played in that system before. And while I don't, I don't necessarily think Patricia is a guy that's going to have a long career. I think because the schedule has gotten hyper easy projecting to be the 26th easiest schedule and particularly uh, early on in the season, I think there's a storyline here where he's He's hanging on because he's brought in enough of the right players to make this happen. Again, I'm not going to, I'm not looking to give them double digit wins, but when you're talking about a team with a six and a half win total, uh, it's going to be hard for me to find a reason to take the under here, Sean, 
Well, imagine, let's say you're uh, a leader of a country, right? And you have a lot of people that are talking shit about you underneath you. And then a lot of, lot of distrust, a lot of, a lot of people leaking stuff to the press and, and you decide, you know what I need to do? I need to clean house, right? I need to clean house. need to bring in my guys yeah. and you bring in your guys, yeah. but those guys also hate you. Like it, it's just, do we have confirmed reports of new guys hating him already? Dan Orlowski, a former Detroit Lions guy. Hold on. Again, reckless journalism. He's a cock sampler. He's used anyway. Give me the quote. Says Detroit Lions organization has problem begins with Matt Patricia. Who do you think these guys talk to? They talk to former players. Yeah. No one likes Matt yeah. Patricia. Re- just real quick, Dan Orlowski, the same guy who ran out of the back of the end zone. Yes. Okay. Just just checking the source. Yeah. Doesn't mean he doesn't talk to other NFL guys. No, I mean, Matt he's Patricia. basically a, a he's he's the Stephen A. Smith of <laughs> he mildly is a- successful quarterbacks. Oh, I, I don't even think I wouldn't consider hey, him successful at all. He's successful. You make it to the NFL, you're successful. Right. So Not gonna, successful as an NFL quarterback, no. but that doesn't mean. I, but imagine thinking that you can critique anyone doing anything when you, as a quarterback, <laughs> ran out of the back of the end zone. Well, Ryan, that would be like someone saying to us, "Well, you guys think you can critique anyone in the NFL?" No, that's completely different. <laughs> that's completely different. How is that different? Because you, at a minimum, need to know that you can't run out of bounds willingly. In the in in right, like isn't that Derek like, Carr threw the ball away on fourth down, and yet mm-hmm. still people are are hammering the Raiders over. No, well, that's crazy. I don't know. I don't see why you're what you're trying to do here. The Lions, uh, they, they this whole division. You know my hot take for the NFC North. Sure, no one's going to be great. Well, when it, when has there ever been a great team from the NFC North? Thirteen and three is pretty good. They've won a Super Bowl, recently, a couple Super Bowls, right? Who? Packers. Oh, that wasn't that recent. Is that ten years ago now? Yeah, 2011, right? Jesus, no, the Giants. Well, yeah, the Giants won that year, I think. Anyway, oh, I we, guess it happened should, in 2011. Should we go through the schedule, Sean? Sure, let's do it. Any any key additions? Uh, I mean, just a lot of guys who know how to play defense. I I, I again, I think I think Shelton, Trufant, Collett, like these are meaningful additions. Chase Daniel, he's always good to bring in. <laughs> Well, I mean, how is that guy still well, in the league? Well, but in fairness, it, it's an upgrade from Driscoll and Blau. Blau. I don't, I don't, I don't know that to be true. Well, Chase right. Daniels I, made. I can't a, prove it, but I, the guy, <laughs> I mean, I watched Blow and Driscoll play last year, so yeah. Let Let's just go through the schedule. You're, we're clearly not seeing eye to eye. No, with the Detroit you're Lions. you're wrong, Ryan. The lines are going to be bad. You I mean, the, it's sometimes you don't need a hot take. I'm not having a hot take. And I, I was higher than last year, so maybe I'm just gonna follow <laughs> follow my own heart. First four: Bears at Packers at Cardinals, Saints at home. Let me let me guess. You don't you think the Trubisky's gonna come to town and beat him? Yeah, I like the. I, well, that that should be a good game. One and th- are you saying one and three then? Yeah, one and three. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't. I'm not super high on the Packers. I think they get Cardinals, the re- who I'm not in love with, but that revenge I, spot they get that. Listen, Sean, you you love your your close game regression indicators. Three, eight, and one strong. I'm going two and two here. Okay. Next four bye week. I don't love the early bye week, but then we go at Jacksonville, at Atlanta, Indy, at Minnesota. This is a tough stretch. I'm going to go one and three. One and three. Next four, and this is where. Uh, so just to clear, this is when Matt Patricia will get fired after he loses to Washington at home. 
So next four, Washington at Carolina, Houston on Thursday night at home at Chicago. Well, that's not Thursday night. That's Thanksgiving, but yeah, that's the morning Sorry. game. Thanksgiving at Chicago. I mean, you think they're going to lose to the Redskins at home? I think they might. Yeah. See, I, I think they're. I think that front seven could really mess up that offensive line. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a bit of a hot take, but I, I'll. I guess I'll give them two and two here. I mean, Carolina. We think they could be a pretty bad team. I'm going to go two mm. and two. Wait, we have the same record right now, Sean. Yeah. Four wins. Wait, I, I have you down two and two, one and three, two and two. No, I one and three, one and three, okay. two and two. I miss, I miss. Maybe that. I, maybe I said green it Bay last four green Bay at Tennessee, Tampa at home, Minnesota at home, one and three, one and three. Yeah. You what get in Tennessee in playoff time? No, they're going to beat the Packers. I'm going to go two and two. So what do I have in five wins? Five and 11 sounds right for the lines. I got them going seven and nine <laughs> half game over their win total. Six and a half. Mine, you're paying a minus one fifty five on the over, so you're on the right side there, Ryan. Give me the under, with the you're getting plus odds on the Lions under. God bless America. Give me the under. I may lock this up, can, Ryan. Just out of spite. Can I tell you the angle though? It, Do you like the Lions division at plus six hundred? Division at plus six hundred. Okay, I'm gonna write that down for Ryan. Division. Plus six hundred. Wait, did you update my Vikings prediction eight and eight? Because I said I think I should have made them eight and eight. Seven and nine, baby. Oh, okay. See, this whole division is gonna be just stuck in the mud. <laughs> what do you have? What's their what's their make the playoffs bet? It's off the board. Um no really? Detroit Lions make the playoffs plus two thirty five. Oh man. Mm. Could not pay me to bet that. Give me that. Okay. And and you're you're on the division at plus six hundred. I, th- I think you. I think you. I think it's not a horrible strategy to take the Bears and the Lions to win the division, because I just don't. I don't see anyone. Uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm on the I'm on the Bears to make the playoffs in the division at plus three seventy five. Even though I have Minnesota to win more games, I just think at plus three seventy five, there's a, actually a little bit of value where I'm not laying minus one thirty five on this Vikings team to win the division. Yeah, and we're and we're about to get to it, but this Packers situation is the, the I don't know. The more I get into it, the more I'm just kind of for the first time in my life walking away from walking away from the beautiful Aaron Rodgers. Well, let's get to it, Ryan. Let's talk about the Green Bay Packers. They made it to the NFC Championship, thirteen and three. Certainly didn't feel like uh, thirteen and three. Pythag wins only nine point eight. Uh, again, another locker room which has clearly gone sour. In spite of the camp reports that Rogers is laughing, enjoying football again. Saw a nice shot of his calves. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we're if we're talking calves, we got to talk quads. And AJ Dillon, who uh, was recently announced, had the best quads in the National Football League. Ryan, so disappointing that he stole that from Saquon Barkley. Incorrect. Incorrect. Warren Sharp had a, a great little nugget there. So, you know the. Uh, the 2019 Green Bay Packers, yep, 13 and three, kind of came out of nowhere. Lucky as shit. Lucky as shit. One of the luckiest teams in the NFL. Eight and one in one score games. Love to love to fade that. Hit there. Second worst. 13 and three. DVOA. Second worst DVOA for a 13 and three team ever. 
Yeah, and, and to that point, I was I was pulling up this stat here. Uh, so they basically they had the previous year they had they were six and ten or sorry six nine and one. Then they went thirteen and three. So in the last thirty years, there have been fifty two teams to improve by six or more wins from one year to the next. Only eighteen of those fifty two teams improved to record at least twelve wins, like the Packers did thirteen wins. Of those eighteen teams, zero won the same number or more games the following year. All lost at least two more games the following year. Thirteen lost at least four more games the following year. On average, of those eighteen teams that the Packers fit into this sample size, eighteen teams lost five point nine more games the following year. So the regression indicators are all over the place. And Lafleur clearly not a uh, an analytics boy by any means. Who hates Lafleur more, Aaron Rodgers or the analytics? Community, right? Uh, the analytics community. They hate him. I, I think the Aaron Rodgers thing's the ruse. I think they're they're secretly uh, in relation. <laughs> Close friends. In relation. Running the ball in first down. Also, Matt Lafleur, the guy who had Derrick Henry splitting time with Deion Lewis in Tennessee. Uh, I, I mean, I get it. Uh, Rodgers is a lot better um, with play action, but man, you know, with play action, ten point six yards per attempt, ninety two uh, percent success rating. Uh, compared with without 6.6 yards per attempt, 57% success rating. So uh, yeah, it makes sense. Get Aaron Rodgers involved with the play action, but man, the draft picks make no sense. Even Jordan love already uh, LaFleur is saying he's admitting that Jordan loves footwork is a work in progress. He's a first round pick. And even LaFleur is saying that in a press conference, that's that's striking, right? I mean, I get it. This is the world of like the, if you want your guy, get him. But to your point, I, I think it's been pretty clearly defined and documented how much of an advantage it is to have a guy on a rookie deal. It is odd that green Bay would just be mortgaging two years of that because they've already paid Aaron Rodgers. Well, even stranger, they were a 13 and three team last year, regardless of how lucky you felt they were Pythag expected wins. Both had them around a 10 win team. Still pretty good. Why not do what we've seen teams do in the past and take, you know, use that equity on positions that you need and also can help right away. We've seen receivers step in and be effective right away. Aaron Rodgers, especially never, with a veteran quarterback, never has any receivers. I mean, Devonte Adams had a ridiculous 22% of the target share. If you include the four games he missed, if you take those out, it was, tw- it was almost 30% and, and Rogers when passing to him is great. And he's just not good passing to anyone else. Cause he hasn't had anyone else. Cause they're trying to be too smart. They're trying to use fifth round picks six round picks, fourth round picks. So yeah, to your point. And then the running back thing that, that makes no fucking sense. Aaron Jones is good. You're and I feel like he's a- almost getting slept on in fantasy. I mean, he had probably way too high uh, a touchdown. So that's going to regress a little bit, but he has legit pass catching ability. But even if you look at the analytical, uh, the advanced analytics on the right, he was good. Like he was good last year. This doesn't make any sense. Jamal Williams is effective. He's a good he's second good. back. And, and the strangest part is you draft in the second round, a running back who, yeah, he was great at Boston college, Boston college backs don't do shit in the NFL. And he has zero, zero ability to, to work in the passing game. And maybe I'm wrong there, but I watched him at Boston college. He's not that kind of guy. So I really don't know what they were doing when they could have used that capital on a, like, let's, you know, we got two more years, Aaron Rodgers. three more years, Aaron Rodgers. He's 37. I think why not go for a fucking super bowl? That's the point. 
Yeah, I, I, I get it. You want to have your guy for the next guy, but Lafleur might not make it to that point if he he squanders uh, this year. And I, really, honestly, Sean, if he if this team goes eight and eight, does he get fired? That's what I, here's what I'm saying. What happens first? Because uh, I I just can't imagine a world where Lafleur and Rodgers are both back next year. I think either Aaron's going to ask they, for a trade okay. or Lafleur won't be back as head coach. I just can't imagine a world where where both are back. There's just clearly they don't like each other. But and I think what's going to help the floor is people just it sounds like no one likes Rodgers. It sounds like Rodgers is a dick. Uh and but it's it, still it's odd that you would want to move on from a guy that you know, I think again, there's a, there's only so many quarterbacks that can probably get you there and I think although maybe his play has has diminished over time he still has a pretty, pretty high ceiling. I did put pluck one stat out of the uh, football outsiders chapter, Sean, that I found interesting mm. on target throws 68.2% left him fourth in the, in the division behind Mitchell Trubisky. So you were, you were hating on my boy, Mitch. So if you're, if you're a Packers fan, if you're a Packers 35 drops last year from his receivers, they didn't do shit to help that. Yeah. If you're a Packers backer, uh, the offensive line really, sh- you know, top top of the uh in the league. Pro Football Focus has them 6, established the run has them ninth. So they're up there as far as solid line and and the defense did some right things. Uh Smith Brothers solid up front. I I think the issue is though if, I mean they're a weird team in that they play dime 52% of the time and to me this Packers team like the book was kind of out on this Packers team. Like when the Eagles went in to Green Bay and beat them Thursday night in Lambeau. All they did was pound the rock. And to the the 49ers, that's all they did against the Packers in the playoffs was just run it down their throats. Like it's it seems like there's a very obvious game plan to beat the Packers on the defensive side of the ball. And uh yeah, I'm just I don't know. And maybe think, we're getting a little too cute, but no, I'm you're, just not you called that a, a real interesting piece of info. And I wanted to double check the numbers in my notes, but I mean, this was a defense that was carried by their ability to turn teams over. And Sean, you know, this, that that tends to be something that varies year to year. And when you have a defense that is quote, bend, but don't break, right? Make big plays, turn the team over, but you're still giving up gobs of yards. You're still not hyper effective everywhere on the field. That's the Packers. So if you, if you, you kind of remove the big play element of this defense, they go back to being an average defense, maybe even below average. So to your point, what happens if the pendulum swings, right? The the reason the Packers really popped their head up last year was the defense, right? The yep. offense was obviously good, but the offense is going to be good. You have Aaron Rodgers, you have an effective running attack. And I, I think the book but is out seen, on that defense though. Well, and, that's and the they, point. and they lost linebacker, Blake Martinez, who is, if you remember from our Madden Sims, Ryan, he was just dominating uh, for the giant. He's on the giants now, right? He is on the Giants, yeah. but he he was a tackle machine for the Packers. In <laughs> fairness, he was a ta- not a tackle machine in the Sims. But you look at the record of this Packers team: thirteen and three last year, six nine and one the year before, seven and nine before that, then ten and six, ten and six. Uh, their Pythag wins always sitting below ten in the nine range, except for those depressed years. I, I think my point is to say that if this defense pops back down. And they they over regressed, right? They over they 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 went way past. They got super lucky. They won games they shouldn't have. But if that defense takes a step back and the offense 
turns in to be a little bit more average. Uh, I would say that, yeah, you know, I, I mentioned it. Why I like the Lions. I like the Lions not so much because I like the Lions, but I think all there's so many reasons to think all these other teams ha- can take a step back. The last thing I'll say, Sean, their schedule got tougher as well. Mm. They had an easier schedule last year. I think Reed was complaining about this earlier. So, I um, you know, I don't I don't want to get too cute. Aaron Rodgers still Aaron Rodgers, but it really alarmed me to to see some of the numbers that that might indicate that he, he has lost a step. And that's why we're seeing him get drafted in the 12th quarterback range, which to me is still phenomenally ridiculous that I can wait in an entire fantasy football draft and still end up with Aaron Rodgers, uh, especially in best ball, right? He's still going to have some games, but you know, sometimes you can, uh, there's something, there's clearly some bad, bad some bad blood between him and LaFleur and you know, maybe it's a lover's quarrel, Sean. Who knows? Anyway, so De- De- Devin Funches too, the big receiver they did bring in. Yeah, he opted, opted out. out. Lazard, kind of an interesting, uh, maybe an interesting fantasy play. I just think we're deep DFS sleeper. We're gonna, we're gonna, My boy Jace, do like Jay Sternberger. Well, and that's you know, Stern, tight ends in general. Uh, you know, Lafleur. I don't. I think I saw five hundred was the most he's ever had. Uh, five hundred yards and, for a tight and end. And Rogers not a not a man who likes the tight ends. Uh, and, and, and well, he he likes the tight end off the field. On the field, he has only once had a seven hundred yard uh, or someone go north of seven hundred yards from the tight end position. So, all right, let's do it. Let's thing. talk. Let's talk schedule, Ryan, and then lock dog tease for the division. Oh, a lot of time talking about the NFC North. Winter is coming, Sean. Uh, first four for the Green Bay Pack for your Green Bay Packers at Minnesota, Detroit, at New Orleans, Atlanta on Monday night. Two and two. They have favorable home games. They probably get it done. Let's win go. the home games. Let's lose go. the road games. Let's go two and two. Next four by another early bye week at Tampa, at Houston, Minnesota at home, at San Francisco on Thursday night. Holy Ooh. shit! Ooh. One and three. Yeah, one and three. Jesus, this is tough. Jackson, when does love get the nod? Jacksonville <laughs> at home, at Indy, Chicago at home, Philly at home. Mm. I feel like this is a must get. Got got to go. Got to go two and two here. Two and two. They beat the Bears and the Jags. And uh, shout out to Magic Man Blanco. I know he's a huge Packers fan. Probably not going to like what uh, record we end up with, but at Detroit, Carolina at home on a Saturday, Tennessee at home. Oh, little Lafleur revenge spot there. At Chicago to end the season. Hmm. I'm going to say two and two. What do I have met so far? This Ryan? is crazy. I got to go three and one, right? If I go two and two, I'm at seven and nine for the Packers. Yeah, I'll go two and two. Seven and nine feels right. Wow, it's too much regression. Now nah, that's. Do you see what I've done, Sean? Didn't we? How I gave did I, you that. No one in the division uh, went over five hundred. Warren Sharp, I gave it to you. Uh, they average of five point nine decrease. I gave you that sample set. Numbers don't lie. You do have three teams going seven and nine and one eight and eight, Ryan. So you're predicting that no one in the NFC North will have a winning record. Uh, it appears feels that like way. a bold prediction. It feels that way. <laughs> A hot take indeed. Well, I'm glad it played out this way because it really begs the question. Like, I, I think I'm going to go over to my bookie and wager on the Bears and the Lions to win the division. Yeah, and I'm not touching the Packers playoffs either way because with this seventh team, 
uh, the odd shark has the odds to make it at a uh, plus one fifty or them to make the playoffs is minus one fifty to miss it is plus one fifteen. I, I just don't want to touch that. only plus one fifteen. Yeah, that's interesting though. That's telling you a story, Sean. That people are not hot. Seven teams make the playoffs, and you're saying that their chances to miss the playoffs are right around forty-seven percent. Uh, yep. Yep. All right, my locks. What a shit division. My locks. Give me the over on the Bears eight wins, and the under on the Lions six and a half. And then, uh, as far as futures, Bears to make the playoffs, uh, Vikings to make the playoffs, and Bears to win the division at plus three seventy-five. Bears to make the playoffs plus one sixty. Vikings to make the playoffs minus one thirty-five. Kramer, what are your what are your locks? You know, I feel like I'm high on the Packers all the time. I, I'm going to lock up the under. Okay. On the Packers, do something a little different because I, I don't. And then your Lions, obviously, you love that over, right? I mean, it, to your point, I don't know if it's a lock because of that juice. Okay. But if you're are you asking me to put a second one in? Sure. I would say Packers and Vikings go under. Okay. Ryan is not high on the NFC North, and so your futures you're recommending to people bet the. Bears and the Lions to win the NFC North. Yeah, I, I think you can. I think you'll do all right if you take both teams to win the division, both teams to make the playoffs. Okay, is that crazy? That feels a little controversial. Yeah. I well, just, and honestly, um, Bears make the playoffs at plus one sixty. I mean, you could do worse. I think with the. I, I think I, I feel the reason I didn't to lock me it, to me Lions to make the playoffs at plus two thirty five. I mean. How many times has the Lions made the playoffs? And granted, there is an extra playoff spot, but you're talking about like historical significance of the Lions making the playoffs, and you're getting only getting plus. You gave me the same shit when I said the Rams win the division a couple years back, so I'm feeling good about it. All right, I'm feeling good about it. You're feeling great. Hey, make sure you enter the free roll football contest. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com/slash/contest. If you're one of the early listeners, the uh, link may not be up there quite yet, but that's where you'll go to sign up. So sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash contest. Again, subscribe, rate, review, share the podcast. Football is fucking here. Oh. Get excited. Thank you for participating in the Sports Gambling Podcast. And for the Sports Gambling Podcast, I'm Sean, second the Money Green, and he is Ryan. Halfway home, Sean. Kramer. Let it ride.